I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Human beings in a mind. What's a mind to a king? What's a king to a guy? What's a guy to a What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at WillPaul11 on Twitter and Instagram. Joined by a very special guest today, current Jets outside linebacker, Blake Cashman. Blake, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, man. Thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. Got to uh, you know, appreciate you coming on the pod. And exciting times, uh, I think, for the Jets and the Jets fan base right now. The draft coming up, fans you know, very focused on what the team's going to do in the draft. And it's been, a, been an exciting offseason, new coach. New staff, changing defensive personnel, so a lot, you know, a lot going on. How's uh, how's the offseason been for you so far? Offseason's been great. I've been uh, training with some guys uh, that actually used to uh, be my former teammates with the Jets, so we've been getting good work in here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, you know, and then on top of that, you know, I get to enjoy some nice weather, some good golfing, a lot of nice and fun restaurants and whatnot out here, so uh, definitely been enjoying myself, get my body right, my mind right. And, you know, when it comes time, I'll be uh, ready to go and ready to attack the season. You know, y'all season's always an interesting time. I know, you know, I only, I only played till I was in college, like, you know, through college, but the off season's always interesting because each day it's like trying to convince yourself, you know, you're looking 200 days out, 100 days out and trying to push yourself every lift, every, you know, every run, things like that. How's it been? I mean, how's it been working out with some of these guys and, I mean, I'm sure you've done that in the past with the offseason, but has this offseason been any different for you? Obviously, you know, trying to you know be able to stay healthy through 16 games. And has that been kind of a huge, uh, you know, highlight of the offseason or it's more about just getting the body as, you know, as right as possible? Yeah, I mean, you kind of respond on with that. I mean, you definitely want to focus on uh, getting your body right. It is a long season uh, and it definitely takes a toll on, uh, you know, your body and your health, but uh, the, a big emphasis for me, uh, like you said, is, you know, focus on things that can, you know, help me stay healthy in the season. And uh, I've been exploring different recovery options, uh, different, you know, little exercises that can, you know, help rehab something that might be bothering you, whether it be, you know, a hamstring, an ankle, um, your shoulder. So uh, I've been focused a lot on doing that. Um, but in terms of like, you know, attacking each lift. I, I just, I'm somebody, I can't not do nothing. Like I, like day one of the off season, I have to be in the gym working out and uh, just kind of my, my personality, my demeanor. And part of that just comes with, you know, my story on how I got to uh, Minnesota and played D1 football, how I got to the NFL. I just, I always have a chip on my shoulder. I never get complacent. I never, I, I feel like my job's never safe. So uh, it just motivates me every day to push myself to be the best version of myself and the best uh, player I can be. You know, it's it's interesting. Uh, you kind of you mentioned that and um, wanted to kind of uh, kind of start from the beginning, I guess. Obviously, 
Um, you can fill it in. You can tell a story better than me, obviously, but kind of how you, you know, got to Minnesota. And then when you started to realize, like, I can really like both play here and like all of a sudden now I'm really thinking the NFL might be an option for me. Cause I know everybody's got a different story for me. It was the opposite. I got to college and I was like, I'm not fast enough to play in the league. So I'm going to have to kind of just make the most of these four years or five. Cause I got hurt twice, but how's that, how'd that kind of, how'd that start for you? And then when did you really feel like, all right, I can not only compete in the big 10, but I'm going to, I'm going to play on Sundays. Yeah. Well, friend, uh, anybody that's listening to that, doesn't know I walked on at Minnesota and I took a chance on myself but you know again I'm very competitive I I have a lot of confidence in myself to um, you know make a decision like that and walked on at Minnesota I put a lot of I put like three uh, hard you know months of work together leading on lead up to the day when I reported to Minnesota and immediately that first week I, I showed up I see we had like one five-star recruit, four-star recruit, and the rest were like three stars or, or less. And I felt just as talented, just as skilled, just as athletic as all these guys. And I was dominating the workouts. And so right away, I knew I was going to play. But what I didn't know was what kind of player was I going to be? What kind of career was I going to have? And it wasn't until my sophomore year where uh, I transitioned from just playing special teams to um, being a third down linebacker, uh, being on the packages that require, um, you know, guys to be flying around blitzing or in man coverage. So uh, I kind of found my niche there, started playing well. And by the time the sophomore season ended around, I had some good numbers. I was the defensive MVP of our bowl game. And I knew right then and there I was going to get a scholarship. And if I continue to stay on this path that I'm on and start trending um, upwards, keep my air going up as a player each year, um, I would have an opportunity to play in the NFL. And again, I didn't know what kind of opportunity that was, that was going to be. I didn't know, you know, if I was going to be a drafted player, uh, you know, an undrafted free agent or a guy that you just invited to a mini camp. But either way, I knew I'd get a call and I'd be, have an NFL helmet on and I would get that, that opportunity at the end of the day. That's all you can ask for. Uh, and I just stuck to the course in college. I, I listened to my coaches. I did what I was told. And I did it at 110 miles per hour with 110% effort, um, wasting no time. And next thing you know, I found myself uh, getting drafted by the New York Jets. <laughs> I was going to say, what was, was, the, was the bowl game sophomore year probably the, like your favorite you know, like you look back, obviously it's impossible to say one favorite memory, I'm sure. And like, it's not really an easy question, but is there one moment that sticks out to you or like, man, like I would love to relive this moment again, because I felt like I was on top of the world. That was definitely probably a top two, top three memory uh, from college football, uh, just because of the year we had, uh, our team had faced a lot of adversity. I had faced a lot of adversity and uh, you know, we just kind of overcame it all. And that's, you know, it feels good in your heart when you, you, you uh, overachieve, you, you get over these obstacles and challenges and, um, you know, you accomplish something. So uh, that was, like I said, that was definitely a top two, top three moment, but I'd probably say my favorite moment was my senior year when we beat Wisconsin after 15 years and we finally got to bring the ax back home to Minnesota. No, that's uh, I, yeah, no, it feels good. I like, 
I mean, it's obviously I went to Corland, so small, much smaller school, but maybe like used to always lose to Ithaca. And then right before I got there, we started beating them and beat them seven times in a row. And like, there's honestly just like the best feeling no matter what, like that's all a year mattered. Like you could go 10 and no, it doesn't matter. So no. And then I was curious who, again, it's probably not an easy question there down to one person, but who was any one or two people in college the first time, first snap lineup, I'll go offensive guys just because it's easier, but you were like, this dude's going to be a stud on Sundays or like this, there's no chance this guy's not getting drafted as a first, second round guy. That stuck out to you right away. I mean, there was a handful of guys. Um, you know, there's a lot of talent in the, the Big Ten. Um, I mean, I didn't directly face him because I was on special teams, but I remember my freshman year uh, playing Ohio State and watching Zeke run that that ball. I was just like, damn, this dude is he's, – he's on another level, and he's going to be, um, you know, like – first round draft pick he's going to have an amazing career and you you just knew he was special just from watching from the sidelines from you know 25 yards away um but you know i mean there's plenty of guys uh faced um i remember sophomore saquon barkley i mean it, the name speaks for itself i mean he was he's a stud in college he's a stud in the nfl and uh, i remember watching him take a like a 25 yard touchdown run in overtime to beat us at their place and I mean just the the cut he makes the acceleration I was like this guy is special <laughs> I mean, those are definitely two, I mean both probably the last two running backs to go in the top five so I mean those aren't those aren't uh those aren't too shabby of names but um yeah obviously you know fast forward you mentioned before you you know waiting to see how your NFL career is going to start and it could have been you know a million different directions obviously what's that what's that feeling like on draft day Obviously, probably being from like you know, you kind of have an idea. I'm sure everything I've you know heard and friends that I have, it's like you kind of have an idea of where you're going to go in some semblance of you know maybe not, you don't know the team or what pick. But you have some teams you know are interested in things like that. Were you expecting the call when you did, or was it like, wow, this is really happening? Like I'm, I walked on four years ago, and now I'm getting drafted, and I'm not like some scrub. I'm getting like legit drafted here. No, I was, I was super discouraged, stressed, overwhelmed on draft day, all three days, because for me, my like range of when I could be drafted was so big. It was, I think I was projected rounds three through six. That's a lot. And of course, as a player, you hear three. Yeah, exactly. And of course, when you hear three through six, you're, you want to get your hopes up and think like three. I mean, I, I can't be wrong for saying that. I think everybody would would think like that. And, um, um, you know, you, you're dealing with so many people reaching out to you, so many teams reaching out to you. And, you know, as the draft goes, I'm not hearing my name being called. Uh, there was a, you know, a period where I wasn't even getting any phone calls from teams. Uh, and then uh, the third day, rounds four through seven, the draft had just started and it was probably like 20 minutes in and I'm getting calls from these teams talking about, Hey, I think like you're a great player. We see a lot of potential in you. Um, you know, there's still so many linebackers on the board. We think we can get you like in the, in the seventh or even undrafted. And of course, like, listen, man, we'll take care of you if you go undrafted. Um, but we just want to give you the call to let you know that we want you um, ahead of time and regardless of what was being said on the phone what their intentions were uh, or how they wanted their their message come across to me 
I didn't want to hear that. No. What I wanted, I wanted to hear, hear my, <laughs> I wanted to hear my name being called and I was sitting there and I remember being there with my family and finally linebackers start going off the board. And I looked at, I looked at uh, my parents and I said, we'll give this 20 more minutes. And if I don't get a call, I go, we're shutting it off and we'll go enjoy our Saturday. Cause I was just so stressed out and discouraged and overwhelmed and family members and friends around me could see it on my face. I didn't want to talk to anybody. And I think you like 15 minutes later, I'm sitting there not saying a word, just glued, staring at the TV. It's right before you got to shut it down. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. And all of a sudden the phone rings and everyone's looking at me. I see it's uh, uh, a, a New Jersey number or a New York number. And uh, so I start thinking, I'm like, okay, well, the, the Giants and Jets are up for you soon. So I start getting uh, my hopes up or I start getting excited and take the call. I walk away from everyone going to this private room. And sure enough, I was told that that I was coming off the board in, in two picks. Um, and I remember that feeling of just being told that and then looking at the TV and seeing my name go across. And it, it was like I could finally breathe and I could finally like actually focus on football just because the, the the whole process leading up to the combine and the draft it's just it's exhausting it's and it's a lot to handle and so just that moment I just I felt like I could breathe I got this weight and I was just like free and and then after that you know it was it was all excitement and happiness it's just funny because I think sometimes people don't really understand like all you really hear about is like this year, all you hear about is Trevor Lawrence, you hear about Zach Wilson, you hear about Justin Fields, but you don't really hear the amount of stress that goes in the guys that are like super talented, going to make a roster and, you know, have a chance to play. But they're waiting for you're waiting for two, three days to get your name called, yeah. figure out where you're going to eventually potentially have a family, where you're going to live, where like all these different things. It's not just I remember Marcus Spears came in the potty and was like, all of a sudden I realized like wait a second, like my livelihood, my family depends on how I play every week. So it does kind of matter where I'm getting drafted. It does exactly, matter. Yeah. Stuff. People, I just don't think people sometimes kind of understand that because it's like, oh, this quarterback waited until pick 12. Like, dude, that was yeah. two hours. Imagine 36 hours stressing out the same stuff. It's great. I don't know. I think it's, I just think it's funny. People don't really. Uh, you you seriously, it. you can't like understand it unless you go through it because I remember going through the whole process and everybody that had either been through it or had experience with working or being involved in it gave me the heads up. They're like, listen, it's, you know, it's a lot to handle. You just need to relax and not worry about it because at the end of the day, like be with the team uh, come like when rookies need a report for a rookie mini camp. And from there, you know, the ball's in your court. Yeah, Yeah. You'll do what you do with the opportunity and um, you'll make something happen. And, you know, it's not going to that, that all that stress and um, that feeling of being overwhelmed isn't going to matter once you touch the grass and you got an NFL helmet on. But like, yeah, it sounds good, but you just can't help yourself when you're watching the draft because it's something that you've dreamed about since you were a little boy. No, of course not. I, I just think I always like revert back to all these stories and you hear about guys and it's like, dude you don't know about how stressful that process even leading up to the draft i know you mentioned it a little bit but the how the amount of 
interviews you're doing with teams, you're not like you're like you have to be on a hundred percent of the time. Not that I'm not saying, oh poor, like you know, oh poor me. It's more just like it is a lot. You're, you got to be on at all times, and I definitely think I'm sure more than anything you mentioned it, the relief of just like, all right, dude, like let's go. I can literally just go yeah. fly around and hit people, and I don't have to worry about you know like which team loved my interview more like you already know, you got the yeah, answer no. you're good uh, <laughs> i just think it's uh it's interesting something i was kind of curious about so you obviously go through you know training camp ready to go season a lot of excitement around the team a lot of guys brought in free agent wise sam going in the year two i'm a diehard sam fan i love usc so whatever but um obviously cj mosley's ball in the first half of that game like are you thinking all of a sudden I'm thrown in on my first, my first NFL game I'm playing, but I wasn't expecting to be like, I now have to fill CJ Mosley's shoes in the, my first NFL game in a tight game. How crazy of an experience and then 80,000 people, you know, freaking out on Sunday and, you know, in late August, early September, how surreal of a feeling. And then also how quickly was it just first play? You're like, I need to get hit real quick. And all of a sudden now I'm going to, I can roll and just like it's football. Well, the crazy thing is, like, I had been out there on, like, a couple third downs in the first half. Before that, I was playing on special teams. So, like, I was feeling good. Like, you know, obviously I wasn't taking too many snaps, but, you know, I was – I at the time being, like, I was doing my job and I was having fun and um, we were winning that football game. And once CJ went down and I was told to get in there, I, I was, you know – I'm like, Hey, let's go. Like throw me in the fire. Like I want it. And I got out there though. And you got to stand like in the NFL and it's even like this in college, like the second string linebackers don't take any reps all week. Like it's basically all first, uh, first team guys. So just seeing the plays and, um, you know, in a way, like not being as prepared as a starter, like, you know, threw me off a little bit. I fell a step behind and uh, I felt like to this day, like that fourth quarter was probably the worst performance I've had in the NFL. I'm not even gonna lie. And, you know, I'm mad enough to admit that. Um, and I, I bounced back pretty quickly, um, you know, the, the following weeks, but um, that, game, that, was, that game was tough for everybody involved. There was, it was. so much going on. Like, I don't know how you're supposed to think your quarterback has mono your highest paid defensive player is going to tear their groin. Like you're going to miss extra points. It's whatever it's for, you know, it's two years ago, but that game, I feel like for a lot of people and I'm sure you're derailed our season in a way. almost. Yeah, like I'm convinced whatever. I mean, obviously you don't have to answer this. If you don't want to, but I'm convinced Sam's still here. If he doesn't get mono that week, I'm convinced like that season goes totally different. If yeah, I just, there's so many factors. No, I, 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 I would not disagree with that. I, totally you know believe that our season would have diff went a different direction uh if you know if we just didn't get so far behind the eight ball early in the season yeah no it's and then obviously you know you go, you go through the rookie year what was probably for you obviously i mean this is depend it's hard sometimes to if people haven't played at least even a decently high level is it the speed of the game or is it the fact that you're playing guys that are just as talented or just as fast, just as strong, or almost, you know, in any type of category, but they're 32 years old and they've been, they've played an extra 10,000 snaps. Is that the hardest part? Or is it just, there's so much going on 
at one time, would you say? I mean, it's probably not the easiest. Uh, <laughs> you know, to answer that question, um, you know, to hit like every point, which I think is what separates the NFL from every level of football is uh, definitely the talent. I mean, everybody is so talented, so skilled at what they do. And the guys that have a lot of experience, it's to another level just because they see the play before it happens. You know, it's almost like they're playing two plays ahead of everyone else. And so um, that's like the biggest thing I have seen and learned over the last two years is experience the most valuable thing in the NFL. And then of course, like the speed is, seems different, but I wouldn't say guys are any really faster in the, the NFL. Speed your eyes are. almost, right? It's like your, it's your yeah, eyes. Yeah, exactly. It, well, the speed is, seems different because the anticipation of where the player, the ball is going to be, uh, like, like I said, guys see the play before it happens. So, um, you know, they could be st- the slowest linebacker in the field, but like they, they're, they're step, they move with a purpose. They don't have any wasted steps or movement. So they end up getting to the play and making the play. And that's what makes it seem faster. But I wouldn't say like, you know, guys are any faster or stronger in the NFL than in college. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Chad Payton today was on one of the shows doing something. He was talking, they were just talking about how uh, whatever the interview, whoever is interviewing with was like, oh, like is Zach Wilson or, you know, Trey Lance going to struggle coming from a smaller school? And he was like, it's not about other people running four fours or their people are that much bigger or stronger because there's guys that come from D2, D3, D1, AA schools that are just as talented, just had a different opportunity. It's that they're playing the same exact players that might even be more talented and they've literally taken 15,000 more snaps at the highest level possible. So that's why it's the processing. I think that's the biggest thing of, I don't think it's ever been, I think that's just a huge misconception. Oh, this guy, people in the NFL run four threes. Dude, people in college run four two, but that doesn't mean they're, they can get there. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Absolutely. He nailed, nailed it right there. I mean, that's, you couldn't say it any better. Who's obviously you guys have played a lot, you know, the divisions got had, you know, you could face Tom early in your career and, you faced, you know, Josh Allen, who had a fantastic year last year, Lamar, you you know, Baker, all these guys that are young up and coming quarterbacks, you facing the other guys who's been, I mean, let's just take Tom Brady out of it because I don't, it's like not really worth having the discussion. Um, Who's somebody that either you weren't expecting to be as complicated or hard to play against, or who's somebody that maybe you were just like, that was an absolute, like, I want that challenge, but that was an absolute like brawl. I had to really get through that game mentally and physically. See, for me, like, my answer is going to be different if I would have stayed healthier longer in my two seasons because I, uh, the Jets have faced some very talented quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends, you know, guys that if I was healthy and in the games, I would have to be matched up with. Um, but because I was injured, I didn't get that opportunity to face them. Um, but, like, I remember last year uh, – uh, Darren uh, uh, Wallen, Waller. Yeah, uh, it's a freak. Yeah. <laughs> for the Raiders. I mean, he snapped on us, and I think he's one of the most talented tight ends in the league in terms of you know his talent and athleticism. Like that is a problem for a linebacker, just because um, you know you when you have a big guy that's that athletic that can run or out like a receiver. 
you don't see that that much. It's no. special, but um, you know, I I remember, uh, I mean, playing the Cowboys my rookie year. I I felt like you know, Dak and Zeke. That was you know, a tough matchup to to deal with. And um, I remember guarding uh, Jason Witten, and you know, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, but he, he was towards the tail end of his career and he's running a simple 10 yard out and I'm sitting on it. Cause I know they gotta, they gotta hit the sticks on third down. And I mean, in my opinion, it was like Witten was running in syrup at me. I'm like, okay, let's go. Like, come on, come on, come on. And as soon as he broke out, I broke, I got a clean break, but that ball was already out of Dak's hand before Witten even turned around. And he made the catch first down. It was like a nine completion. It was third and eight. I'll never forget. That. I was so pissed because I was right there on it. Like I, I, I honestly don't think I could have played any better unless I would have played outside uh, shade in man coverage. But we like never do that. Yeah. You always protect the inside. So like, I just like man, that just, like, it, it's that stuff just like prove, that. That proves your point though, right? Of like that experience. It's not even the speed because Jason Witten at age forty is not running any faster than I do right now. But it doesn't matter because he's literally done that route so many times and knows I'm gonna this ball's gonna hit me in the face mask or I'm gonna get a first down. There's no in between. I'm like that just exactly. proves your point. Exactly. I mean, that's. I mean, I guess it's a prime example. And um, you know, it's 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 things like that you see in the NFL. Uh, you know, on a consistent weekly basis. That uh, it's just it's amazing just because guys are so good at their job. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's interesting how much, um, obviously, you know, new coaching staff coming in, how much were you paying attention to kind of the names being talked about? How much are you watching TV in the offseason of first from a coaching perspective, knowing, okay, we're going to have a new head coach. Are you paying attention to like, oh, Robert, like I hear we're interviewing a defensive coordinator that is headbutting players and jumping on the field and <laughs> on third down stops and stuff like that? Or are you just like, let's just see what happens because you can't get too wrapped up in it? I personally don't pay too much attention. Uh, I feel like in the media, there's always so much buzz. And um, at the end of the day, it just seems like you never really know. Uh, and I, it, it happens all the time where there's just, you know, it's the, the media says going, you know, this direction, all of a sudden there's a curveball in there and, you know, a team hires or signs somebody that wasn't even discussion. So you just really never know. Um, and honestly, what's important is, once that coach or gets hired or once that player gets signed, like, it's like, okay, now he's a part of our team. Now, like, let me do my research and get to, to see who this guy's all about, you know? So I always wait until, you know, the deal is done. Probably the smart thing to do is, but obviously, you know, Coach Shaw coming in, obviously I have not met him. I've only heard him talk, on, you know, try to get here and talk as much as possible and interview people who are close with him. What were your initial impressions? I'm, I don't know how much, you know, you guys are able to talk yet just because I know not being a facility and whatnot, but initial impressions and how excited are you to play for somebody that is just so well-respected and that it just feels like this, my impressions are this guy that is super emotional and competitive, but also has this like maturity about him. How do you, how excited are you? And, you know, what are, what are your kind of initial impressions of him as a, as a coach, I guess, or leader? I think he's going to be an awesome head coach. Uh, I mean, I had the uh, pleasure to meet with him for like 15 minutes before I left in the off season. It was like, 
literally his second day in the building. Um, but I just felt like it was necessary. Like, Hey, I need to meet with him before I leave. Like just to have that face-to-face interaction already start building a relationship. And, uh, right away, you know, you could just tell like this guy is like, guy, he's got some juice, man. Like he's, he's going to be fired. He's going to be firing in all cylinders all day, every week, all year long. So like, I was excited about that because I think uh, players and other coaches feed off that energy and great football teams, you know, they, they, they have to take over the personality of their head coach. So uh, I think, you know, he's going to change the narrative in New York. I think he's going to bring uh, winning football back to New York. And, um, you know, every, every year, every season is a new opportunity and, Obviously, there's a lot of pieces that go into winning games in the NFL. Anybody can win or lose any given Sunday, but um, I'm really excited about it. I got a lot of confidence in Salah, his coach staff, you know, the guys in our locker room, uh, on what kind of team we can be. Um, and I'm looking forward to getting back to training camp. But, um, you know, it's I think we, we got – I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a guy that every year – I don't care who's our coach, who's on – our, our uh, roster in our locker room, like I'm always going to believe that we're going to win any given Sunday. That's just kind of my attitude, but um, you know, you can feel like a different energy in the building right now. There's a lot of excitement. So um, I'm hoping that, you know, we can make some shake and have a, have a special season this year. Do you, do you think you could beat him in a board drill? I feel like he's a, he's a pretty shredded up dude. Probably. <laughs> he looks he like he is. He is. You look like he can he, still no, snaps in. Yeah, I mean, I, right away, I'm like, this dude's a beast. Like, <laughs> I, like right when I walked into his office. Um, but, hey, I always bet on myself. I even got it tatted on my arm. So I, I'm always going to take ah, me. That's, fine. that's, right a, that's a fair answer. That's a fair answer. Um, obviously, you know, switching something that I think is really going to be interesting is, you know, from a fan's perspective and having played, changing the, your defensive scheme as a whole and obviously going from different, different defensive coordinators and, different head coach it's more defensive minded as you mentioned but going from a three four the Jets have played a three four or some version of a three four for probably a, over at least a decade you know throughout the head coaches and the Rex and Todd Bowles and you know so on and so forth going to a four three now a do you think it's going to be something that's going to help suit your game better and b how do you think do you think it's going to be a big adjustment or it's just going to be something that's just going to be able to get guys in you know better spots Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, I think, you know, I'm a player just with my skill set and like what I do well. 
Uh, I think it, it will be a good defense for me. Uh, just watching the, the film on San Francisco and what their linebackers do. Um, you know, I really like it. I, oh, yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's a stud. He's a stud. I definitely keep my eye uh, on him when I'm watching film. I mean, that's what you should do as a player, you know, look to the guys that are, you know, having success, doing the right things on the field. Um, but I definitely think it, it'll be a defense that I can thrive in. Um, you know, obviously I got to go into training camp, perform well and know what I'm doing when I'm on the field, but uh, I'm excited uh, for the, that opportunity. I'm excited for the challenge to learn a new defense. Um, but, you know, I don't think it's, it's going to give really any of us um, on the defense any trouble. You know, it takes time to learn a new system, but, you know, as, as a professional athlete, we're professionals. It's the first word. I mean, we're professionals before we're athletes. So we'll, we'll adjust and uh, adapt. And uh, at the end of the day, we'll figure it out and um, we'll take care of our jobs in the field. I know. Like I had something that um, I've been just been interested in from a defensive perspective, because I feel like Quinn's a guy who probably played more four, three, um, you know, three tech in college. And then I feel like at will and then CJ actually at Mike and playing with that. And, you know, a guy like Gerard Davis coming in, Carl Lawson's a natural four, three fit. And it's like, I just felt like the defense in, in a lot of ways fits this, like that system as a whole. And the way just some of the film I've seen from Salah is like, there's people doing a million different things and it's just trying to get as much pressure and take some pressure off the secondary and try to get pressure with the front four or five and not have to blitz nine guys and see yeah. what happens so I, i'm excited about that to be honest with you. i think it's gonna i think that's a, it's a cool step to take obviously and um you know your career obviously it's an interesting year for you because right it's like I'm trying to come back healthy have a new coach i'm playing a new system I mean, there's a lot going on yeah absolutely but i think you're right man i think we got the right pieces on defense to uh be you know a top defense in the league this year I know, obviously, we kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I know what answer you're going to give me, but I'm just going to ask you anyways. Obviously, there's a ton of talk at two, what's going to happen from a quarterback perspective. Obviously, I hope Sam balls, absolutely balls in Carolina. I'm not even afraid to like be that guy. Like, I think he's awesome. But obviously, there's a lot of whatever. They're most likely, it looks like people, are, they're going to take Zach, you guys are going to take Zach Wilson. Obviously, do you get to watch some of these quarterbacks in college? Like, do you have you seen Fields and Wilson? And you know, obviously, Trevor's been a number one uh, guy for like since he's like fourteen years old. But <laughs> do you watch some of these these guys on Saturdays, or it's like I'm trying to get ready for a game. I can't really pay attention too much to what's going on. No, I do watch uh, some of these guys. Um, the past few months, though, all like this game tape and these you know, workout videos or even their pro day videos. Like I don't, I don't watch any of that um, because quite frankly, I don't care. All that matters is who's going to be the quarterback, you know, under center for us once we start training camp. That's, you know, that's what's important. And so I, I like, like I said earlier, I just kind of stay out of the buzz of the media on, on what's going to happen. I do think they're going to take, uh, Zach Wilson. Um, I have no idea like what will actually happen. I just want to clarify, everybody did not freak out because he just said that because I don't want to, I don't want 25 people in my yeah, mentions. Like, you lied to me. Well, exactly. I mean, the coaches, others, you know, 
staff and personnel in the building, they don't tell the players jack. Like they, they, we're not involved in the whole draft process one bit, but um, you know, we just traded our starting quarterback, which, you know, kind of makes it obvious we're taking a quarterback in the draft. So I think it will be Zach. Uh, I haven't watched a lot of, you know, film or tape, uh, game tape on him, but uh, I know he's stud. He had a lot of success in college and, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's going to have a great career in the NFL, but what's important is as a rookie quarterback is that, you know, the team takes him in and he has to be a leader day one. And then, you know, with this coaching staff, I'm sure they're going to, uh, get him right and he'll be ready to rock come week one and then season's going we got a ball so uh, we'll see what happens bottom line yeah we'll see what happens like you said whoever's in the building's got a ball and that's the end of it like that's all that kind of matters fun question for you are you chipotle guy or not a chipotle guy definitely a chipotle guy so the three not trevor lawrence but the other three rookies had to put down a chipotle order i'm not going to tell you who is his like whose name it is. I'm just going to read the three bowls that they put together. I want you to rank who the best bowl is and like one, two, three. So first bowl is chicken, white rice, black beans, green chili, salsa, and guac. So that's the first bowl. Pretty, pretty standard. Second bowl is steak, brown rice, black beans, tomato, green chili, lettuce, and guac. So still pretty standard. The third one is brown rice, black beans, vegetables, and guac. How would you rank? Yeah. How would you rank? Uh, well, that last yeah. bowl, that, that would never, you would never, you would never see that on my plate. I promise you that. <laughs> that, uh, so that is for sure ranked at number three. Uh, I would probably put the steak burrito at number two. And then the chicken at, or the steak at number one, the chicken at number two. Oh, you almost got, you almost basically had your guy. Zach Wilson's the chicken. Justin Fields not repping the Big Twelve. I mean, Big Ten well with that brown rice fajita bowl. And then he must, he must, his agent must have him on some weird diet some weird right diet. now or something. I don't know, man. Everyone that goes vegan usually loses their superpowers a little bit. Cam, Aaron Foster, whatever. But Trey Lance was the, uh, I guess, the winner. I just thought that was pretty funny. I, I saw a bunch of people from PFF. Right. Trey Lance, the Minnesota boy. So yeah, that's why. That's, that's probably why. why. <laughs> yeah, the Minnesota roots, man. <laughs> Who's somebody, or it could be one or two guys that maybe from the outside of view, just because you get to practice with them every day, you see him, you know, you're in depth in film meetings, but it could be offensive or defensive guy, excluding maybe a Bechter Q that guys that, you know, every fans love. Who's somebody that's an under the radar guy? You're like, fans don't realize how either important or how good this guy legitimately is at football? Uh, a guy, I think, I mean, I think fans respect him. He's a great player. Um, has made a lot of big plays for us, but I think a lot of people don't see the work he puts in on a weekly basis and his dedication uh, is Crowder. I mean, that guy is a dog. And he's, you know, he's an undersized receiver, but there's just no quitting him. And, you know, it doesn't matter how many games we've won or how many games we've lost. It doesn't matter how banged up our team is. It doesn't matter how banged up he is. I mean, he's always out there. He's always crying in. And 
he just sets like the tone for our locker room and he's like probably one of the best you know lead by examples kind of guy and like he doesn't always say too much but when he does everybody's listening and I remember just the past two years uh you know all the coaches in the building all the players like everyone just has mad respect for him because you know there's a lot of vets that you know when you're oh and 13 like man, let me save my body. Let me, let me get out of the season, but he's still out there pushing everybody else to be, you know, the best version, best player that they could possibly be. And, you know, that's, you know, that comes from the heart and that comes from somebody with great character. No, it's interesting because I just, it's sometimes I don't think people can see from the outside. You're not at practice every day. People practice differently. You know, you know, not everybody's at, able to watch the all 22s and see, you know, what's been on the sideline. I feel like him and Marcus may are both guys that don't say a lot, at least from the outside, maybe just it's the media, but they don't say a lot. But when they talk, it feels like when Marcus may, or someone else to talk about the Raider game, but obviously like when he, he said something after the game, everyone's like, Whoa, like, yeah, Marcus may actually said something like they're like pay attention. Cause he doesn't talk. So when he talks, yeah. people are, everyone should be on attention, whoever it is. So I just thought that's interesting. You brought that up with Crowder as well. <clears throat> um, we'll finish up with a couple of fun things here. Favorite stadium you've played in, excluding MetLife, because that's like favorite road stadium you've been able to, to play in so far. Obviously, last year with no fans made it a little bit more difficult to probably get the quite the experience yeah, that, places. That's just a, that's just a question that just kind of just hurts me a little because I've missed out on playing at some great stadium just for. Uh, from being hurt, but I would probably say so far maybe Miami so far. I just really love their grass, I actually weirdly thought you were going to say Miami. I don't know why. It just, like, their stadium feels like it's so refreshing to be able to, like, it starts getting a little colder all of a sudden. You get 90-degree weather. Muscles feel loose. I don't know. It's nice. No, it, it just it, it just feels good, and I don't know what it is. I love their grass. Like, it's soft, but, like, when you're running and you got to cut and whatnot, like, it's just bang, bang. Like, you're out. The, like, it just – you you it feels like your cleats are grabbing the turf really well. So, I, I just love it. And, of course, like, it's, like, raining out there and it was sloppy. Like, you know, the conditions might be – uh might be worse but uh when i played there it was it was you know couldn't have asked for any better conditions uh so i'd probably say miami but i know like there are some stadiums yeah, i missed well, out like no, i know playing at kansas city is really cool um heard playing in, at seattle is really cool um uh, but hey hopefully in the future yeah i was gonna say hopefully this year you guys have some pretty fun place to go like i'm sure atlanta is a place like if i was playing i'd want to go play in atlanta in the dome but like that stadium is beautiful um pre-game are you a guy that wants to eat like just carb load as much as possible are you like somebody that's just like i can't put food in my body because i'm literally so like anxious and ramped up game day morning uh you know i i'm you know you know you got the pre-game jitters you're just a little bit anxious ready to go but uh i'm pretty calm on game day uh, you know, just running through, you know, the game plan in my mind and just trying to envision, you know, myself making plays, but, uh, it kind of depends on what time our game's at, uh, which depends on my meal, but I always try to have like a little bit of protein and then load up on carbs. 
It's fair. Yeah. I was a big, like, I needed to take a 20 minute nap right before the game because I just get like so worked up and then I have to literally fall asleep for a second to like, yeah, wake myself back up. Um, fun one. I'm, I love lifting. Heaviest you've been able to go on squat and bench. That could be in college or the pros, but have you, like, high, what is your highest you were like, don't people going crazy trying to get you to max out on, on uh, one rep? Well, I haven't, I haven't benched. Probably since I was 20 years old because I was of shoulder injury. injury. So I, I do, I do, I do dumbbell bench mostly. Uh, but in, co- in college, the, the before I injured my shoulder, uh, the bench was my best lift, and I think I did, I did uh, like 345 or something like that for two reps. Yeah, best not, I've ever done. There you go. That's not that's not a bad uh that's not a bad number to throw up there, especially yeah, not being able to it probably sucks because you probably are like, I feel like I could throw up even more now, but like at the same time, obviously not really worth destroying your shoulder over. Yeah. And then for the squat, I mean, a lot of guys don't go crazy with the squat, especially once they get to the league. But uh again, I once I had my shoulder surgeries, I physically can't do a back squat anymore. Um you, you and obviously you get more like just like I, I used to do a lot of front squat. Now I use like a safety bar. If you're familiar with that or anyone's listening. Um, so it's obviously a little bit different. Um, but I think like the heaviest I've done on that was like 520. And that was hell. I'll never put that weight on my back ever again. Dude, after my knee, I like destroyed my knee and my leg my junior year. And I'm just like, I literally can't go above certain weight now because it's just like not worth it for me. But um who's who's somebody that like i don't could be in somebody in college in the pros do you, there's some guys like obviously saquon or somebody like that's known for literally just throwing up ridiculous weight on stuff did people like pay attention to that stuff or it's like you're lifting but you're not really lifting the same way i feel like in college you can tell me if i'm wrong i don't know how minnesota was but in college everyone's trying to throw up crazy numbers you're just like how much weight can i put on the bar right now in the nfl i feel like it's more like I want to put up really heavy numbers, but I want to be able to put up heavy numbers for reps. So that way, like my muscles can function differently. Is that kind of the, yeah. that kind of the case? Yeah, I would say you're right by saying that. I mean, to be honest, like you see these videos, guys do some crazy, you know, squat with all this weight, and, you know, it's, it's like, you know, it makes you go, damn, like that's a lot of weight. That's impressive. But at the end of the day, like, I'll be honest, I'd probably say, every player really doesn't care because honestly most players in the league they don't they don't go crazy with their lifts like like you said they'll, they'll go lighter weight but increase the reps because um you know it builds endurance with your muscles and then um you know putting all that weight on your back or you know just stressing your joints like that like especially once guys start getting a few years under their belt like and beating up their body they don't they don't want to do that they're trying to save their body and you know, you know, prolong their, their, uh, their health for their, uh, NFL career. Yeah. Instead of benching Mackay's just pulling trucks, you know, just <laughs> <clears throat> no, um, but you know, I just, it's interesting you mentioned that just because it's so it's people get so hyped up about these videos and, you know, you play on Monday night and it's like every single time it's the same Saquon video and for Rondo Moore, they're going to do it this year. I'm sure with, Oh, he squatted 700 pounds at 17. Like, yeah, well, he also then tore his hamstring twice. So not really sure Mm -hmm. that's probably the best idea. Obviously, a couple guys that come out of Minnesota, I know, 
you know, Rashad Bateman is somebody that, you know, I wouldn't mind the Jets taking a, taking a shot on. And um, are you, how good is he? And are you like, how excited are you to see him kind of ball in the pros? I'm really excited for uh, the, for him, for the draft and his career. I mean, that dude knows how to work. Uh, he's got a steady, have a great character. He's, he, he already conducts himself like a professional. Uh, so he's going to have a lot of success in the NFL. Um, and, you know, him just being a gopher, like it just makes it, you know, that much more exciting, but I'm um, looking forward to it. You know, I've, he was actually out here in Arizona training. So I, I spent a lot of time with him. Um, and I, I know he's going through the same thing I went through just being like, you know, a little stressed and overwhelmed, but I'm just like, relaxed. Man. The projections deep like, are You're... wild. I, exactly. Wild. So I told him, I go, man, you are in such a better position than I am. I'm like, either way, you're going to have a great career and you're going to play a long time. Like just breathe and enjoy it. And, you know, I'm telling him the same things that people told me, but I could tell it's not getting through him, but oh, no. uh, I'm there's happy no for chance, him. There's I'm, no chance he's going to pay. Th- like it's going to get picked get past pick 10 and all of a sudden it's just gonna be sweating oh, for the next of course you know, hopefully i don't know it's just it's crazy when you watch some of this stuff i know you say don't pay attention as much but i i have to talk about all the mock draft stuff and where i think people are gonna go and whatnot and there's guys that i'm like oh i think he should be a top 15 pick and then people are like he's not going to pick 60 i'm like right where did that come from like there's no yeah. way like this guy like there's just a few you know there's a few of the tackles and and stuff like that that like i'm like oh this guy could go at 23 to you guys and then people are like well they're not going around four okay my bad i guess yeah. i guess i don't know what i'm talking about but um, uh, there's, the, a lot, there's a lot of people that think they're experts out there now the there was i saw somebody tweet the other day there's like a difference in watching film versus watching on tv like you there you yeah. go you don't know if you don't you have to know what you're looking at i'm not sure why people yeah. understand that it's not just just because you oh this guy like there was a play last year that sam rolled out right and someone's like why didn't he throw back shoulder to denzel i'm like that's a 75 yard throw on the move with four people like that's not this isn't mad i can't yeah <laughs> but yeah uh, exactly no i uh obviously you know it makes a lot of exciting stuff and like you know like we kind of talked about and um, you know, they're just, you know, once people, I just want to like see football and I want to be able to be in, you know, be in the stadium again, because like not being able to watch football in person between my brothers in college, Jets games, even just anybody like it, it's kind of sucked last year. For, I mean, oh, obviously, sure. but, uh, you know, obviously kind of hoping for, you know, a big year and, um, you know, obviously we really appreciate you, you know, kind of coming on and, um, you know, we'll have to, uh, you know, have to do something after the season when you guys make a next surprise run. Definitely. Make sure you guys definitely yeah, got to circle back. Yeah, of course. Thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on. Make sure you guys are following Blake on Instagram and Instagram and Twitter and all those types of things as well. And, uh, you know, kind of follow his journey a little bit as well through the off season.